Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Favors, hands off back to Hood, left hand dribble into the paint, cross court to Lyles, three ball from an angle, left is good. Wow, Trey Lyles, 12 points in five minutes to go with three rebounds and a three, and Lyles is doing the damage right now. He has scored the Jazz last 12 points. It is locked on Jazz for the 11th of July. A report on what's going on in Vegas. Reaction to Jazz. All sorts of rookie thoughts plus the banter around the NBA. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. You are tuned to Locked on Jazz, part of the Locked on podcast Network, thanks very much for tuning into today's show uh, on the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Heat breaks down all of the Miami free agent moves. I can't even keep track of that. And Fred Katz on Locked On Thunder addresses probably one of the number one issues is the NBA bound for a work stoppage. Uh, and uh, some other things all out there on Locked On Lakers and Locked On Blazers and Magic. A lot of really good stuff up available on the Locked On Podcast Network for you today. Hope you're doing great. I uh, spent the last two days in Vegas, took the late flight in last night, and actually decided to do this crazy thing called sleep, so I apologize um, that the show is later today than usual. And uh, just want, today's show is really just kind of giving you an entire update on uh, what's taking place uh, around the league, uh, what I saw, the rookies, what I saw with the Jazz, just kind of giving you uh, a report from Vegas, we'll call today's uh, show, though I'm not actually in Vegas uh, anymore. I got a cool email uh, yesterday, or I think it probably was a tweet uh, from someone who said, thanks for uh, hooking me up with Devin Cash uh, from Devin Cash Equity Real Estate. Glad to know that you, they got hooked up and that they uh, – had a good experience uh, with Devin. And uh, if you want to uh, use Devin Cash to buy or sell your home, 801 759 1495. Also, uh, a, uh, uh, if you'd like to advertise on the program, uh, you can do that by emailing me at dlock at 09 uh, at gmail.com. dlock with an E at 09 at gmail. Uh, com. All right, let's do a little bit of that pins across the world. I'm going to start. I have a bunch of these. They, um, you know, some of them are, are older. Some of them I haven't gotten to. So I'm, I'm going to kind of recycle some as well. But you're always welcome to email them to me. Hi, David. My name is Justin Key, and I may be the only jazz fan living in the Brooklyn borough. I'm a huge basketball fan all my life. I became a jazz fan nearly a decade ago after being a Bulls fan in the early 90s and after 
Uh, Jerry Krause destroyed the team. I could never be a fan of that organization. I was born in Syracuse, New York. I thought I would become a Nuggets fan when they drafted Mello, but I hated his all-around game. I caught a jazz game on national TV and was hooked by their style. This was at the height of Boozer, Williams, AK, and Memo era. Watching D-Will hit Ronnie Brewer on backdoor cuts made me a jazz fan. I have three NBA podcasts I listen to religiously, Lowe's, Woj's, and yours. I love, now hopefully you have more. This was sent to me in January. I love the jazz. The last time I missed a game was because I was in South America. Your podcast is one part of the day I look forward to. I teach in a high school in Brooklyn, and most lunch hours are spent talking hoops with my 10th graders. If any of my students are wearing Lakers gear, I make them remove it and cover the team logo in green tape. I recently got my wife to watch games on League Pass. She loves Derek Favors. And for my 30th birthday, made me a glass mosaic of the Utah Jazz logo, which we proudly display in our apartment. That's kind of cool. Uh... On Wednesday, I had the entire section of Madison Square Garden nose section rallying together an anti-jazz uh, chant. This happened at Barclays last year. I suspect it will happen at the Jazz game in Brooklyn uh, coming up as well. So uh, I hope to make it out to Utah in the near distant future. And from Brooklyn, New York, it's Justin Key. I hope you got it. Justin's probably on some, hopefully, some great teacher vacation right now. Maybe he heard it, and maybe he didn't. All right, let's go to our uh, tip-off story of the day. Uh, just the really the talk in Vegas is obviously Durant uh, and uh, that, but the next part is what the Jazz have done, and most people are uh, incredibly positive. The consensus talking to people is they believe they're fourth in the West, which. Uh, is obviously exciting. I'm not sure I'm willing to go that far, but the length, the versatility, the depth of the roster, uh, what everyone's saying, they believe Joe Johnson's a really nice addition. Uh, A lot of people, including myself, believe George Hill is going to be better in the Western Conference than he probably was in the East because his strength is defense and the point guards in the West are uh, a bigger deal and they're better with Westbrook and Lillard, etc., and so his defensive prowess can play more so than before. And uh, and that's that's kind of now, there's a little bit of a different opinion on Boris Diaw. Uh, some people feel that the, that the Jazz really could have taken it to the Spurs. Uh, some people I talked to felt as though the Spurs were incredibly desperate and the Jazz bailed the Spurs out. That might be a little bitterness of team employees, you know, hoping bad things, tired of the Spurs winning all these years. Uh, and some question of whether Diaw has much left to be able to be uh, of assistance. But at the same time, uh, the reaction about Trey Lyles at Summer League was terrific. Now, it's interesting because I think the Jazz personnel uh, really feel as though there's an element where uh, they would like more out of Lyles than they're seeing right now in some ways. They like a lot of what he did. He was really good in the game on Saturday. But uh, a little bit more ball moving, a little bit more stop and one-on-one play, a little bit more uh, trying to you know play within the system and get his opportunities rather than trying to just be the guy one-on-one. Uh, the ball f- is pump fake is not effective right now and yet he's still used to using it so he just needs to evolve so the jazz are i think are looking at him and you can kind of get this angle of like right, there's these areas where he's got to improve um then the flip side of that is you talk to people who didn't watch him all year who just saw him last year in summer league when he really wasn't particularly good 
uh, and when they probably saw him early in the year last year, and they're wow, they're they're over the moon. At, oh my gosh, the growth improvement and uh, the remarkable steps he's taking, and how good he is. And you know, I think our organization is already there. So now they're really trying to narrow in and and drive him to become even better uh, than he's been. But overall, that was the the general take in Vegas on where the Jazz are that they have they've really changed the team. And and the thing I'll tell you, I really like the more I think about this roster is I like 11, 12, and 13. And what I mean by that is 11, 12, and 13 on this roster are Howell Neto, Shelvin Mack. I kind of feel like both of them will be on the roster at this point. Uh, so Joe Ingles and Jeff Withy. And so what I mean by that is that if – something goes wrong and somebody gets hurt, which will happen. The average player plays 70 games a year and Joe Ingles slides into your fourth wing. He's really good. You know, he's good for a fourth wing. Uh, the other aspect, and, and if Jeff Withy has to play some center minutes, you know, Rudy misses some time or, or Derek misses some time and you have to get the big, another. that's good. You know, he's really, he's really good. Uh, so I think those two things, uh, are particularly exciting. Uh, the other one is, and we probably haven't talked enough about it, I talk so much about the fact that this franchise might have to add depth from the top down. Uh, and talked about that maybe Rodney Hood comes off the bench. Now, and, and the comment I made the whole time is that Rodney Hood's a good NBA starter. If he comes off the bench, he's like the best six man. But it's better for the franchise if Rodney gets to continue to develop. And so here the Jazz have done all of this, and Rodney, who now is still only a third-year player, and remember the general feeling I have on most players in this league, and Rodney's development may have been a little better than this, is that they, they, go, through the, they go through the NBA, and in their first year they play, and there's a bunch of things they get hammered at, and then they come back the next year and they try to improve those things. And then the third year they come back and what they do is they improve those areas in which they uh, – the third year they come back and then instead of trying to improve the areas where, they, where they've been kind of having a lack of success, they then stay away from them and change. Now, honestly, on Rodney, I'm not sure what I would specifically say those are. There aren't a bunch of areas – of Rodney's game where I say, oh, man, he's really, you know, with Trey Burke, we sat there, it was very clear, like, oh, he's really not good at isolation one-on-one, and he's particularly bad at burying possessions late in the shot clock and getting stuck with him, you know, five seconds of the shot clock and deciding he's going to go to work. So, I, and, and those that was not a way for him to be successful. I'm not sure, Rodney's been good enough, I'm not sure I have specific things there that we can zero in on Rodney. And when you dig into Rodney's numbers, there aren't as many very kind of, you know, there's not something where you're like, oh, he's really poor. I mean, he could probably be a little bit better playing off screens. Okay, that's eh, – we're getting pretty – I mean, he's – isolation, Rodney's one of the best in the NBA, one-on-one ISO players. And now if you have Joe Johnson on the floor with George Hill and Gordon Hayward in a small lineup, he's going to be even better because you're not going to be able to leave him. Uh, his catch and shoot could probably be – more consistent, right? I think that's probably 
um, fair that he could probably be more consistent in some of his catch and shoot stuff, and you probably could. But he's pretty good, right? I mean, he's I think he's about eighty third percentile catch and shoot in the NBA. Uh, so it's you know Rodney's just going to get bigger and better and stronger. And the important thing here is that you now have been able to build up this roster without Rodney losing any time, and we'll continue that development. He played twenty five hundred minutes last year. Incredible, big deal. He played seventy nine minutes. I played 79 games and 32 minutes a game, and I think he, you know, you're hoping to get 25 minutes out of him again next year, and that would be a major step. And you've done this in a fashion in which you're not, uh, you you know, you've been able to de- bring the depth of his roster instead of using the top down method that I talked about. You're able to do it with Rodney still getting that opportunity. It's probably better. All right, some other summer league reactions. Oh, I talked to Rudy by the way. He's excited that France um, uh, was. Made the Olympics beat Canada. He didn't seem to be bubbling over the top about the Olympics. Um, in this, personally, I don't know if that's just because of Rio and everything that's going on, or if it just was a language barrier, if it was just Rudy being Rudy. Uh, but it was good to see him. He looked great and uh, seemed happy. It was so cool to have Favors and Rudy and Alec and Rodney all there supporting uh, the younger guys. Uh, from a summer league standpoint, uh, I think I talked to you a little bit about Lyles. Tibor Place has not had a very good. Um, Camp, I don't know if this is surprising. The Jazz went and sent Tibor down for eight weeks uh, down to Santa Barbara and had him really work on his body, and in some ways he really looks like he's moving better. Uh, but he has not had a particularly good camp uh, right now for the Jazz. Uh, and, and maybe, you know, they took him kind of away from basketball and made him uh, go make his body stronger, and he's probably evolving on how to use it. So uh, we'll see on that. Uh, Joel Ballenboy was more aggressive and had a bigger impact and made some nice plays, uh, particularly late in the win against the Pelicans. But this has been, I think, an eye-opener for him. He was so confident when I sat down and talked to him for the interview uh, last week. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I think he's suddenly realized how different this is, and this really isn't even – the whole thing. I mean, I thought it was interesting watching Minnesota yesterday. Adrian Payne looked good, and Adrian Payne's really not much of an NBA player. Uh, you have to really remember sometimes that Summer League is a different game. It's, sometimes it's very hard on bigs, uh, but moreover, it's, you know, you're playing Adrian Payne is kind of the best player out there in some of these games, and he's played he played 400 minutes last year in the NBA, you know, uh, and, and shot, I think, 36%. So uh, you have to kind of keep an eye sometimes on the fact that some of the you know, this is not a NBA caliber game, uh, and some of the basketball is actually not very good. Uh, but he needs to. Tyrone Wallace, I think, looked a little better. Uh, but you know, all these second round draft picks the Jazz have taken kind of suddenly, I think, have had an eye opening experience so far. And so I'm like, all right, I got to watch a bunch of the guys around the league. I'll run through uh, the primary draft picks and what I thought I saw from them. I got to see just about all of them, sometimes twice. I was only there for 36 hours, so let's not uh, make this. Uh, Kind of, you know, anyway, the destin of that I suddenly know everything about every single these players. Ben Simmons is going to be a franchise changer. His passing, uh, his ball movement will absolutely change the entire mentality of a team. Uh, he's really special. He's crazy big. He's his just awesome size. You saw this in Salt Lake, too. You can't double-team him. He'll just throw over the top. He... Uh, the other in the Chicago game, I think it was while the Jazz were playing. I was talking to Kevin Pelton, who was telling me that the guy, the guys dropped off of him, played him to pass, and he dropped 18 points. Uh, he's gonna be fabulous and super fun. It's electric, 
absolutely electric every time he has the ball about what he's going to be able to do next. Uh, Brandon Ingram looked really good in his first game. He looked good late in the second game. He's really crazy skinny. He's got to get a lot of weight on his body. Uh, He currently weighs 190 pounds. He's really going to have to gain 30, 35 pounds to be successful in the NBA. And I think that's that's really disconcerting. And talking to somebody in the NBA who told me that they were an Ingram guy over a Simmons guy until he just didn't gain any weight after the draft or after going out of college before the draft, despite all the work he was doing in New York City, makes him made him very, very worried about uh, where he fits on that. Jalen Brown's interesting. He has not been good in summer league. He's been bothered by a knee a little bit. But it's interesting. I talked to one guy in the league who said Brown wasn't in his top 14. I talked to, you know, Another guy, I said, like, who in the top 10 did you not have there? Jalen Brown is that answer. When you ask that question around the league right now, Jalen Brown is the answer to the guy that they didn't have in the top 10. I saw Dragan Bender for one of his games. I thought he was going to be incredible. Uh, he's not ready yet um, in the sense that he's you know still so skinny. He's got to gain another 10 or 15 pounds. I don't think that'll be difficult for him. He's 7 one two twenty right now, and he's just a baby. But, oh, my goodness, he does everything. He rebounds. He he's, can get his shot window open. He passes off the bounce. He's so smooth. He moves beautifully. His defensive slide is good. He was tremendous. Chris Dunn has probably been the stalwart of Summer League uh, so far. He really... Uh, makes you both Dragon Bender and Chris Dunn uh, make you wonder what possibly might have Boston been thinking, and we'll see whether or not Boston's right on this. But it does right now. It certainly feels like, whoo, what are they thinking? Uh, Chris Dunn looks terrific. Minnesota's got to find a taker on Ricky Rubio. Uh, Chris Dunn. He's big, he's strong, he's physically ready. Uh, he's in control of the game. He played off the ball a little bit because of Tyus Jones. Uh, he looked he looked really, really good. He looked dominant like he should for a foot pack. But he healed, I was really concerned about, and then he went bananas against the Jazz uh, late in that game, and you saw all of his shooting. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he plays without being the primary guy. I think that's going to be the question on him. Uh, but, but generally... Uh, he looked uh, he looked pretty good. That second half against the Jazz yesterday was awesome. Uh, getting those shots off, he really can stroke it. Uh, I didn't. I did not like him up to that point, though. I'll be honest. It was the first time I've ever seen him. I didn't like his body. It didn't match the player that he was trying to be. Um, you know, I think he's a running off pick kind of guy, and his body looks more Tyreek Evans like. Uh, so I I didn't. I don't. I didn't really see it, and then he started stroking it. And it became pretty abundantly obvious. Uh, I didn't see Jamal Murray. I did see Marquise Chris. He didn't look ready at all. I wouldn't expect a lot from him this year. He doesn't feel the game very well. Uh, Jakob Pertl was interesting to me because he just looked so small. Jakob Pertl, who was big and uh, all year last year, just looked so small, and uh, that was surprising. Thon Maker looked really, really far away, and if he's 22 years old, that would be a little disconcerting. Uh, other than that, I didn't see a lot of other guys. The only other one was the kid out of uh, Papianis, Sacramento drafted. That they, There was a good buzz about him. 7-1 can really stroke it. Um, some people think that his dad really misplayed his draft. I guess he was he was in the U.S., was going to go to school for two years, go to spend a year in college. Instead, his dad took him back to Europe to go get him money and played for a team that didn't really use him very well. Uh, I talked to one person who thought he would have been the number one pick in the draft had he followed uh, the regular uh, pattern 
along the way. Uh, other than that, I really did not. Um, Jante Murray looked really – I'm just going to kind of scan down the draft list. Jante Murray looked like he's got all the skills. Uh, you know, really, that's probably the one guy I like. Zubak for the Lakers had a fabulous game. Diallo is a great energy guy. But, again, these are sometimes where it's hard to watch in this setting and try to figure out uh, what's going on. Portland really likes Jake Lehman. Uh, and how he's playing second-round draft pick number 47 of the draft. Uh, and so so that's where we stand. That was kind of the report from Vegas. Uh, it sounds like Tim Duncan's retire. We'll talk about that more tomorrow. And Dario Saric likely to come and play for Philadelphia. That is today's edition of Locked on Jazz. If you'd like to advertise on the program, you can email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. I look forward to helping you out with that. Thanks so much for leaving five stars and a positive review on your iTunes or wherever. And subscribe to Locked on Jazz, your daily dose of the Utah Jazz, all part of the Locked On Podcast Network.